Thank you for listening to Airport Church's podcast. To find out more information about Airport Church, visit churchattheairport.com. Is he your Lord? Do you have him inscribed on your heart? Will he force himself to be your Lord? It's not that kind of lordship, is it? That kind of lordship belongs in most other religions. But it really is a relationship. It's a relationship of lordship. You allow him to be Lord. But if he is your Lord, then you must be like him. How many of you have watched the movie that came out recently about Harriet Tubman? It will make you weep. I remember as a young child, we used to have these, re- these weekly reading assignments called SRAs. Does anyone else remember those? And I remember one of my weekly reading assignments being a, a reading assignment on Harriet Tubman. And I may have been, I don't know, seven. But it really stuck with me. And from then on, I always understood that Harriet Tubman was someone that I would respect and gain understanding about. And I watched this movie recently about Harriet Tubman. If you haven't seen that movie, watch the, watch the movie. There is no reason that another human being should ever own another human being. But as I sat and watched the movie, I thought about the fact that my life does not belong to me. Jesus owns me. I thought about the term slave in the Bible and how it pertains to I am a slave of Jesus. But I thought about how he treats us as his slaves. Now, he doesn't call us slaves. In fact, he raises us up. He really doesn't even call us servants. He doesn't even call us children. He calls us brothers or sisters, and then he calls us heirs and co-heirs. We even share in his glory. We share in the unity. But there is still a lordship that comes with this relationship. He is not just our savior. And I've been saying that as we've been talking about being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And remember, the word conform, there's two words in the Greek. I'll keep hammering this as we talk about being conformed. In the Greek, the word conform in Romans 8, 29, we're predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. That word in the Greek conformed there, it means that we are, our vision is is struck with his image. But in Romans 12, be not conformed 
to the pattern of this world. It means to habitually It's, it's that word that, that means that our five senses are patterned habitually, meaning that you, are, you have this habit that's formed according to your, your smell, your taste, your vision, your touch. I left one off. Your feeling. It's an emotional pattern. Rather than you taking the word of God and allowing your spirit man to gain a vision of who Jesus Christ is. We have to be conformed according to the spirit of who Jesus Christ is. But there's a lordship that is involved in our relationship with Jesus. There is an obligation to him to allow him to be the Lord. When we allow him to be Lord, then we begin to become like him. And in becoming like him, it, it, it makes us question what are our meditations like? What are we meditating on? Are your meditations of others in meekness? Are they in love? Or are they in judgment? Has he called you to be judge? He has called you to make judgments, though. We make judgments every day. Don't let the world conflate that. They will tell you that you can't judge. Well, you make judgments every day, many, many, many times in the day. You make a judgment, am I going to do this or am I going to do that? Am I going to allow this person to run over me or am I going to allow this person, you understand? You make those judgments all the time. But he didn't call you to be the judge. He has called you to love. Meekness is him. Right? Our mouths give birth to the gift or the curse, right? What is the gift? Well, we say it like this. We say there's nine gifts, but the source of those nine gifts, all, it's, all, it's all love, and I was looking at this in the Passion Translation, and I really, I really like the way the Passion Translation reads. It puts just a whole new spin on the gifts of the Spirit. But the gifts of the Spirit, they all come from meekness. It's meekness 
expressed in nine different ways. I don't even know that there's nine of them the way that it reads in the Passion, but I want us to go to Galatians 5, and we're just going to read through this, and I'll make some comments, and then I'm going to let you go feed your soul man some lunch. Paul, he's, he's, really, he's really talking about living a legalistic lifestyle. And he's, he's aiming this at the Judaizers in relationship to circumcision. So you've got to get that context in here. But I want us to pick up in verse 13, Galatians chapter 5. And remember, I'm reading this from the Passion Translation. He says, beloved ones... God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another expressing love in all we do. That means that our relationship with one another should really be enhanced. That means that our fellowship should be, it should be great, y'all. <laughs> our fellowship should be so much greater. We shouldn't get, such, we shouldn't get so tired of one another. But we should give one another grace, grace and space. Hallelujah. Yeah? Grace and space. We should love one another. We should give one another grace. But we should fellowship, but we should give one another grace. Forgiveness. Look at this. I want to back up. I want to read this again. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. For love completes the laws of God. That is so good. Doing the laws does not complete the laws. Love completes the laws of God. All of the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor even as you care for and love yourself. Man, that's good. But if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. See, that's where I made that statement. That's what I was thinking. Our mouths give birth to the gift or the curse right there. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. Look at that. Your self-life 
craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. Let me just let you meditate right there for a second. It's amazing because there are opportunities for sin that start out with your self-life just, there's, there's no sin involved. It's just you just vegging, you know? No sin. You just taking some chill, right? And then before you know it, it's settled into apathy. You know, you, you can't live on a plateau. Your relationship, all relationships are this way, though. It's, it's, not, it's not just your relationship with God. They're dynamic. There is no such thing as having a static relationship. The moment that a relationship gets static, it becomes stagnant. Whether it's your relationship with a pet, think about that. What happens with your relationship with a pet if it becomes static? They don't get food and water. <laughs> you just let your pet just have a static relationship with you and go check their, bo their water bowl and there's slobber in it and eventually it just runs out and they don't drink and then they die. I know that that's, you know, really dumbed down, but it makes a point. Treat your wife that way and see what happens. If I hadn't brought my wife the tea that she asked for this morning, she wouldn't have said anything about it. But if I kept doing that, by the end of the night, she would have been like, what's wrong with you? Do you not love me? Actually, it would take multiple days of that, but eventually it would come around and she'd be like, bro, what is going on with you? We would have a little talk with Jesus. <laughs> Relationships are dynamic. They move. They have to move. And your relationship with the Lord is no different. It moves. And if you get to the point where you're not listening to him, he will make you listen. You'll get into the category where you're crying out to him. And then all of a sudden, you're paying attention to him. But then you get into this situation where you have a 911 relationship with him. And the only time you pay attention is when you have a crisis. Do you want a knee-jerk relationship with Jesus? No. I don't want to tap my knee relationship with him. The only time you get attention is when he taps you on the knee because you're not listening. That's why you've got to build in time to listen. He can't, con listen, you're not being conformed to the image of Jesus if the only time you listen is when you have an emergency. Now you're, you're looking like fireman Jesus. Jesus doesn't look like a fireman.
That's the plumbing. <laughs> Verse 18. Well, I missed some of this. I'm still in verse verse 17. For your self-life craves, look at that, it craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. That, that is so powerful, the way that says that. It hinders him from living free within you. That's, that's why when you get around people that live that way, you feel hindered. That's why when you try to have friends that don't live with the freedom of the Holy Spirit, you feel bound up and, and tight. It's difficult to have a set of friends that don't live that way. You can only be around them for so long before you're like stuffy and you don't fit. I know, I've lived that way. Tried to be around them and I can only be around them for so long before I, before what's free in me offends them. Even my jokes offend them. I don't even mean it. I just say something and it's the freedom of the Holy Spirit in me that comes out and makes a joke and my joke convicted them. And then I find myself just kind of Y'all have seen that dumb meme where the guy just sort of goes away in the bushes? That's me. I just like back away because I know the Holy Spirit in me just being free has just offended them. I would rather live alone with the Holy Ghost than to have to be around a bunch of stuffy people who let their selfish cravings live wild and loose and the things that they do aren't even you know crazy and they just don't live according to the holy spirit it's not that they're living out there just super evil i'm not saying that i'm not even suggesting that but i want to be with people that want to follow after the spirit of the Lord because we're going to we're going to come into some days where they're going to be looking for direction and they're going to be looking for me. They're going to be saying, "Hey, get out of the bushes. I need direction in my life." We may not be there yet, but I promise you we're going to come to those days and then they're going to be looking for us. And I'm not going to rub it in their faces. I'm going to say, "I've been here all along. Let's go. Come on. Let's do this thing." Because that's meekness. I, I didn't mean to get loud. I meant to keep this at a talk level. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two in, incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. All right? They're obvious. 
What are they? Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography. Now, the cool thing about these is that if you look these words up in the Greek, those old New King James Version words, that's where we get these words that this is speaking to. So if you've ever wondered, you know, if you've ever wondered what some of those odd words were, this is where we get what the passion is speaking to. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way. I know nobody in here would be like that. A new person comes along in your job, and they just seem to just get right over in your way. Senseless arguments. I mean, this generation is not, they do not have that issue at all. Resentment when others are favored. That doesn't happen. Temper tantrums. That's just little children, right? Angry quarrels. Not in politics. Only thinking of yourself. Being in love with your own opinions. Being envious of the blessings of others. Murder. What happens if you hate? Uncontrolled addictions. Wild parties. Does FSU still hold the number one spot with that? And all other similar behavior. I love how Paul puts that in there. It's like he's doing a state job description. And all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom? Now, who's he talking to right here? He's talking to the church. He's talking to believers. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? All right, now here's my sermon. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. That's so beautiful. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, 
have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another. For each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. That's good. So how long should we be patient? It says patience that endures. Patience that endures. So you're going through difficult situations. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. It's divine love. That means it's a God kind of love. It's otherworldly. It comes from an eternal seat. And it has all of these different expressions. We call them the nine gifts. It has these different expressions. How long do you wait? How long is your patience? Your patience comes from a divine place. And that patience, if it's divine, can go on as long as the love is eternal. Because it's not coming from you. It's coming from Him. Do you see that? How long is your joy going to overflow? As long as the love is present on the inside of you. Get connected, get engaged with Jesus. Lord, help us to be like you. Call him Lord. If you call him Lord, let him be your Lord. He's not going to lord over you, right? You have to allow him to be your Lord. He's not going to beat you into submission because he's meek. He's not going to snuff out a smoldering wick. He won't bruise a damaged reed. He's tender. He's tender with all of us. There will be a day when he slays the wicked. Even in this age, he has his full. He has his place where he says it's enough with that person. And in those moments, we bow in fear. We tremble. And we don't pray for those days. God, we, we today, we bow now and we say, make us like you.
Fill us full of your spirit. Fill us full of the tender mercies of Jesus. And, oh God, we pray that you would place Jesus in our heart. Even as Marcus saw in his encounter this morning, let your word be written in our heart, Father. Let your word be written in our heart as a prayer for Israel, for our families, for our nation. In Jesus' name, amen. This message was brought to you by Airport Church in Tallahassee, Florida. We pray you were encouraged by the ministry of the Holy Spirit in this message. To find out more information about Airport Church, visit churchattheairport.com.